It's the G to the U to the R to the U. So Darren Carr just signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. Honestly, I like this situation with both parties. So we all know, we all as Americans, when we go to the dealership sometimes, man, we're not looking for a new car. Majority of us, we can only afford a used car, man. And I love what New Orleans did, man, because I own a used car. Who, whoever's watching me right now, you got a used car. We all got a used car. But what I like about this used car that New Orleans just got from Las Vegas, it's, been, it's only been one ownership. Whenever you get a used car, man, I'm not looking for no car like Marcus Mariota, James Winston, Carson Wentz, that's been multiple owners, man, multiple owners. You know, those are just lemons. I don't want those type of used car. But Derek Carr is one ownership used car, man. So you know what? I like it because it's only been one ownership. Yes, we know this ain't no uh, um, Lamborghini. It's a freaking Nissan Maxima. It's a Honda Civic. It's a Subaru, man, out back. Derek Carr is not going to lead you to the promised land. When you get a used car, you want it to get you from point A to point B. And for the New Orleans Saints, from point A to point B is from a losing record to a winning record. Or maybe from a losing record to a playoff, um, playoff situation. So I love Derek Carr in New Orleans. I love it. The New Orleans Saints have a great offensive arsenal. Y'all just don't get it. I love the young receiving core, man, in, in Rashid um, Shihi. Forgot how I say his name, Rashid Shihi. My man Chris Olave, Tyson Hill, Jawan Johnson, I love it, Callaway, Adam Trotman. I like the offensive arsenal they have in New Orleans for Derek Carr. So whenever, whenever you go get you go shopping and you got yourself a used car, you're not looking for that car to take you to, to, to the car show. Nah, nah, you're just looking for that car to just take you from point A to point B. And I think Derek Carr is the excellent type of used car you want to get to take you from point A to point B, man. Derek Carr is, is capable with this roster and able to get you to a playoff bid. I'm talking about 9 and 8, man. I'm talking about 10 and 8 situation like that. 9 and 8, 10 and 8. No, I don't even want to give him 10 wins. Just basically 9 and 8. Derek Carr is good enough to get the New Orleans into a 9 and 8 record, which in my opinion will be the division winner in that weak ass division. So sometimes, man, especially in America, it's alright to go to the car dealership and go look for a used Nissan Maxima. You might want to go and look for a used Honda Civic. You might want to go and look for a used Toyota Prius, man. The New Orleans Saints went to Las Vegas and got themselves a used car to get them from point A to point B. They're not looking for anything else but the car that will get you from point A to point B. And Derek Carr is capable enough to get you from point A to point B. Oh man, I miss this. I miss this. It's been so long, man. I feel like I don't whack a little bit, but nah, nah, I'm good though. I am so good. So then I want to talk about my next guy. I want to talk about Geno Smith. I want to talk about the new um, Seattle, my Seattle Seahawks, re signing Geno Smith. You heard him, man. 
I, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. My man Gino Smith was the best quote of his life. Like, Gino Smith is gonna be remembered in the history of football for this quote. I'm gonna remember this quote, mother. I'm gonna remember Gino Smith's play, for real. But I think this is a great situation because if you look at the way the contract is set up, it's really a two-year deal for a loaded deal. Really two years, man. I don't give a fuck about the rest of the length. The Seahawks will get out of that with no pressure. And we all know what this means, man. Geno Smith was a very, very capable quarterback for the Seahawks last year. And we all know what this means. It means the Seahawks are drafting a quarterback this year, man. We all know Geno Smith is not the long-term situation, man. We know that, man. He knows that, man. That's why we ain't going right back right now. Because for right now, Geno Smith's story, the Geno Project, is the perfect situation right in Seattle. You know, he's under the same offensive coordinator with Shane Caldron. I love that. He's, he's very accurate right now. You have the offensive weapon as far as the receiving goal. You have a running back. I just like how the cohesion of this team right now is set up, and I like the leadership of Geno Smith. I think that's one of the reasons why you have to pay this guy. Geno Smith is a great leader. He's been through situations. He's been through shit. They wrote his ass off, and he ain't never right back, and I love that shit. So I don't care if Geno Smith well, had a, last year was going to be his best year ever. It don't matter. But he's a competent veteran quarterback. And he's, he's a great leader in the locker room to help this young Seattle Seahawks, especially after Pete Kell and company draft a quarterback to be his replacement in probably a couple years, man. This Geno Smith story could be like Cinderella, man. You know how Cinderella, the whole Cinderella story, she went to the ball and shit, and then when, it, when, when it, um, the time struck midnight, she became a pumpkin or whatever the fuck she was. Yeah, we all know Geno Smith is eventually going to be a pumpkin, but in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy this ball while I'm watching Geno Smith looking all good and wearing those glass slippers, man. Pause. <laughs> pause, man. Pause. You know, I got a double, triple pause on that, all right? So congratulations, Geno Smith. Congratulations, Seattle Seahawks, man, with an excellent no-brainer move, man. So now, I want to move on and talk about something serious. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stories going around, especially after the Ravens um, gave him a non-exclusive franchise tag. And I'm hearing a lot of rhetoric, man. You know, a lot of rhetoric, especially, I'm going to talk about my people. Because if you talk about Lamar and you look like me, they're going to be like, oh, you a hater. Oh, you ain't in the community. Oh, you ain't that. Nah, it ain't, it ain't nothing like that. Lamar is good. He's not my flavor. Some people like sushi. I don't. Some people like cats. I don't. I like animals, but I don't. I don't need to like you. Lamar Jackson is a good person, but his style of play don't fit my style of likings. I, some people like scary movies. I don't, but I still like movies. I still like movies. So Lamar Jackson style of play. The thing about success, y'all gotta realize, man. Success is systematic. If you wanna lose weight, they're like, oh, you gotta follow some system of losing weight to, uh, to, to lose weight. If you wanna have financial freedom, you gotta find, you gotta figure out some kind of system. But a guy like Lamar Jackson is a unicorn. He's not replicatable. He's not duplicatable. He's just him. He's one of one. 
The whole system will be based on him rather than the system. Lamar Jackson is a walking system. Yes, he's great at what he does. But frankly, I'm with the Ravens in this situation. You can't duplicate that. The Ravens have history of winning Super Bowls. Let me put an S on that. The Ravens won Super Bowl without Lamar. They won before. This is not a, no, a desperate organization. This is a superior organization that know how to deal as far as NFL aptitude. And I don't blame him. I don't believe Lamar Jackson. Yes, he brings people to the stands. He brings seats. The seats are packed. But yet, Lamar Jackson's style of play is not fit as far as a Super Bowl champion. The Ravens are in this to win Super Bowls, not to go to the playoffs. They're in this for Super Bowl. They're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're the blue bread um, uh, organization right now. They're astute as far as winning. I love me Lamar Jackson, but his flavor is not my type of flavor. Some people like, you know what I'm saying, honey barbecue, chicken wings. Some people like lemon pepper. Some people like uh, any other shit. But hey, at the end of the day, bro, I like chicken wings too. I just have my own flavor, man. I believe the Ravens in this situation giving them Lamar the opportunity to go find his own happiness. Lamar, if you think you're a $250 million quarterback, that's good, man. That's you. That's you. I ain't hating on you, bro. But if I run the Ravens like the way Ozzy and them do, man, if I'm the GM of the Baltimore Ravens, I will execute the same way you're executing currently, man. Man, I would be like, hey, Lamar, if you find some other deal, that's cool, man. No disrespect, homie. But I ain't gonna pay the type of bread you think you're looking for. When what you get me? You get me a playoff run? Dude, I am the Baltimore Ravens. I go to the playoff every time. I want Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. I want Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might be the best quarterback we ever had in the organization, but guess what? Your playoff record shows you are one of the worst in the organization. So, yes, I feel you. I feel you, Ravens. I feel you, Lamar. Sometimes you just got to get a divorce. Sometimes it's like it's just irreconcilable differences, man. It's like we just don't mix. You think too highly of yourself, and how you should. I think highly of myself too, man. So in this situation, I'm always for the players, but in this situation right here, man, I'm for the Ravens, man. I think Lamar is a great, great talent. I think Lamar is out of this universe. But like I told you, success is duplicatable. Success leaves a trail. And Lamar Jackson is his own success. And in my opinion, that don't equal to a team success. And that's why I believe the Ravens should let go of all this and let Lamar go earn his success somewhere else. And the Ravens do what they do, which is consistently be a top tier organization in this league. I want to transition and I want to talk about and talk about Daniel Jones and uh, and the New York Giants situation, man. Man, I think look, Daniel Jones, you're straight trick back the New York Giants, man. Straight trick back the New York Giants, bruh. The New York Giants know Daniel. Look, man, let, I'll be real with you. I'm gonna let you cut the bullshit. Cut the bullshit. Daniel Jones is an average quarterback at best in this league, man. 
at best. And then he just parlayed himself into tricking the New York Giants. You know what? This reminds me, remind me of a relationship. When you know the relationship is over, right? And the and partner, either the, the woman or the man, they do the last bit. Before you like, you know what, it's over. But they're like, no. And they start opening doors for you. They start taking you to a restaurant and paying the bills. You know what I'm saying? They start taking you out on the movies. They just started cooking for you. They started doing everything they were supposed to do. But they started doing it now because of the fear. That's what Daniel Jones did to the New York Giants. You know, I know, the Giants was about to dump his ass. Then all of a sudden, Daniel Jones had himself a great season for himself, and now he just parlayed that into a long-term relationship. No, that don't work. That's why we have so many divorces in this fucking states. That's why we have so many damn divorces, because Daniel Jones just tricked back, just tricked the New York Giants organization, son. This man had his best season of his career, and even that was an average season, and now he just got parted out into a $40 million a year contract, bro. And the Giants fell for that like hook, line, sinker, man. Like they were desperate, man. Hook, line, sinker, fell for it. And in about two, three um, years, they're going to be like, damn, we should have dumped that motherfucker without a chance. Yes, that's what happened, man. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to the Jones family, man. That's what you do. That's how you pull an okie doke, man. That's what you do. Daniel Jones is an average quarterback at best. So now you think all of a sudden Daniel Jones is going to be something different? No, we already seen what Daniel Jones is. I've seen what four years, five years of Daniel Jones. This shit ain't going to change, man. He already climaxed. The only thing left now for Daniel Jones is going down the hill, man. You know what I'm saying? Daniel Jones put it Ryan Tannehill. You know how Ryan Tannehill tripped the Tennessee Titans and shit? And look at the Titans now. Couple years later, they're just like, oh shit. That's exactly what's about to happen to the New York Giants, man. Daniel Jones just stayed Ryan Tannehill, the damn New York Giants, bro. Straight trick them, man. Play them like a trick bag, dog. Straight up, man. Daniel Jones is wearing high heels, standing in the corner, and you see the New York Giants are like, whoa, they started whistling and shit. Daniel Jones turn around and he's like, got him. Got him straight up trick bag, man. So kudos to Daniel Jones. And y'all better don't stop calling this man Danny Dimes, man. Because right now, with all that in his, in, in his bank account, he's called Danny Benjamin. <laughs> Danny Benjamin, man. Y'all know the drill. I'm the G to the U to the R to the U. Y'all better like this, love this, share this, and I am out. It's the G to the U to the R to the U.